0: When I was a little girl in Poland, we all had ponies. My sister had pony, my cousin had pony. So what's wrong with that?
1: Nothing, nothing at all. I was just merely expressing. Should we heard
0: some coffee. Who's having coffee? He
1: was a beautiful pony,
0: and I loved
1: him. Well, I'm sure you did. Who wouldn't love a pony? Who wouldn't love a person that had a pony? You. You said so! No, see, we didn't have ponies. Welcome back. This is the show. Uh, we
0: haven't... Are we still doing the... We haven't changed it bit? Like, like should I still be doing that? Or are we gonna just kind of keep keep on doing this, uh... You know, uh... This is the show. Just kind of cold opens. I don't really know how to answer that.
1: And with that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm not good at intros,
1: man. Like, I'm sitting here as the host. I'm going to have to write something uh, because I know even though we say we're not changing it. I think we just just say fuck it. I mean, there is – I mean, it's not so much a cold open as much as like I do a lead-in. Uh, if you actually if you would ever actually listen to the episodes after we record them there is a lead-in I do a little clip of the show and it plays for about 30 seconds because I don't want to violate any copyright issues because I think about 30 seconds is fair use and you know because we're still new and don't make any money off of this like what are you gonna do uh-huh. and then we start the show it's like a little teaser I give them a taste it's a nice little teaser of what the show is gonna be about and I mean the teaser for this one was obviously I'm the sorry that of the I believe that once once I... I drop a recording that it's perfect the first time through, and I just I I don't need to listen to it again. Yeah, well, you don't have to edit it and listen to the sound of your own voice for like (sighs) three hours. True, I don't. It's glorious. But that's another podcast. Uh, This is the show. (laughs) Tits. Tits. Find us on Twitter. This underscore is the show. Uh, Back on it. Uh, It's it's been a couple weeks. Took a little hiatus. Some soul searching going on on both our ends. I am your host, Alex Lee. I'm CJ Ward. I, I do believe we both kinda needed it though. Yeah, I mean I think with everything that's going on in the world it's nice just kinda take take a couple steps back and take some stock of some things and uh you know, life life changes, life moves on and you know, you kinda have to adapt and adjust to the things going on in the world and I think that's what we're all just trying to do right now, so
0: I would like to to keep this podcast as as, um, political free as we possibly can, uh, how, however, that being said, just, just really quick, and then we can just end it, we can pull the band-aid just right off, right off, um, if you are listening to to this podcast, please, I urge you, I ask of you, just wear a mask when you're out and about, that's all
1: I ask, I, 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 I endorse that statement, and, uh, I think
0: that's such such a remark. Such 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 an easy
1: uh concrete remark. Oh, hey, speaking of remarks. The pony remark. That's where we are. Season 2, episode 2, directed by uh, George Lucas impersonator Tom Sharonis.
0: <laughs> you, you you did send me that that picture and it does look almost like it's it's
1: it's uncanny the on the Man inside himself. look the the dvd has the inside look for this episode and uh tom uh sharonis is there giving uh an interview and i'm sure i'm probably pronouncing his name wrong because i have done that before um, on a a, a podcast tom sharonis but he's a george lucas impersonator uh it's a good quick little uh little inside look uh give some uh just small little tidbits about this episode Uh, this episode, that was nominated for a couple Emmy Awards. Uh, only, only nominated? Question mark? Well, it was, it was, it was early on. It,
0: uh... I, I, I have written down in my notes, Emmy Award winning episode. Am I wrong? Is that fake news?
1: the wikipedia i guess i have to look at the 91 emmys but it it, according to the wikipedia it gained two primetime emmy nominations uh both jerry and larry were nominated for outstanding writing in a comedy series and george lucas impersonator tom sharonis was nominated for directing in a comedy series oh there we go Uh, i have found the 43rd primetime emmys and we wanted to know who directed who 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 beat who beat Mr, Mr. Tom Sharonis. Uh, and it was James Burroughs for an episode of Cheers titled Woody Woody Interrupts. I'm assuming uh that might be a Woody because I know wasn't he on Cheers.
0: For Wouldn't a while? you like to
1: get away? Well, and it, it, there's a connection though there between between Cheers and Seinfeld because this episode you know, like we mentioned, had two, was nominated for two uh, Primetime Emmys. Let me see if I can find the writing one and see who Jerry and Larry lost to. So Directing writing Jerry, Larry David, and Jerry Seinfeld lost to a Murphy Brown episode, which there's another Seinfeld connection uh, through Kramer. Uh, Larry David was actually nominated for The Deal this season as well, uh, solely. So Ooh, Larry David was nominated twice. Excited
0: to get to that episode.
1: Um So yeah, this episode won two Emmy Awards. it uh, premiered uh, January 30th, 1991 uh, 15.3 million people watched this episode. It got a 10.7 rating and a 16 share. Now for whatever reason, executives didn't feel this was like a good enough like number. So the episode wasn't obviously nominated as soon as it aired, but, I don't know anything about ratings, but those seem like good numbers to me, especially when you consider what TV ratings are like today.
0: I would say that, that that by far... I mean, if if any TV show had that rating today, we would say it's the greatest show of all time.
1: Yeah. So, they were still unsure about this episode, and I, I had picked up from last episode's freak out of why did the show get pulled off the air? Uh, it had to do with executives not liking the ratings, and... You can go on IMDb and it gives you, like, you can find, like, the Nielsen ratings for these episodes. And I will admit they do pick up when when they come back from their little hiatus after episode four uh, and episode five. It, when, they, when they start coming after Cheers, they really, like, Cheers was 20 million people, I think I read. And uh, 20 to 24, and Seinfeld was holding anywhere from, like... 19 to 20 million of those people you know and that's back in the day like that's how you built like a powerhouse of a network you know that's why there was must-see tv and you know these friday night lineups and like you know monday nights is your you know fluff stuff you know thursdays was always like your hard-hitting dramas and your crime mondays was you know until friends and then and then thursdays became comedy night true and so built being able to hold over you know 80 75 to 80 percent of the previous audience was like really impactful to what executives wanted out of Seinfeld versus what you know the comedians and the actors and the fans audience wanted uh I just found that really interesting just like the show was nominated for two Emmys and two weeks later you know after the airing of this episode they 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 don't get canceled they get pulled from the schedule it just it's really weird, and I I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that they they mess with the order of the episodes. Uh, we discussed this a little bit in the show before the show, but the DVDs and Hulu do not line up, man. Yeah. And we're gonna have to talk about how we go through that moving forward.
0: And when we but. figure that out, we'll, we'll we'll
1: definitely let let people know for sure. Once I figure out how they how they screwed with the order, because it messes up some of George's job stuff in terms of the revenge. But it's uh, that's uh, we, we can talk about, you know, the revenge on the revenge. So we'll just jump into that first stand up. The notes about nothing actually gave a nice little nugget that Jerry's dad actually inspired his comedy. Uh, his father, I guess, was a salesman and he would always, you know, tell Jerry stories about how he would make sales and I guess he learned some comedy from him, and learned that you know, uh, makes people laugh, and then they're more willing to buy your stuff. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean,
0: um, and we definitely get that later on when we find out the the umbrella uh, little factoid about Jerry. Um, I I didn't realize that his his dad in real life was a salesman. That that definitely makes sense why he made Morty. Uh, An old salesman himself, yeah. Very, very hyperbolized. Yeah, the the first mention of raincoats, Um, but a very like hyperbolized
1: salesman. That's interesting. That's funny. Uh, I liked this joke. I I liked all of Jerry's stand-ups in this episode. Um, Just like taking old people to Florida, followed it up with, "I'm just gonna jump out this window, see if anybody notices." Just a little bored. Dusting off the glass, I thought I thought those were uh, those were solid uh, opening jokes, kind of give you kind of an idea of what this episode's gonna be about.
0: I um I think this is definitely where I get my my stereotype of when my parents get older, I'm gonna ship them to Florida. That's that's always Mm -hmm. what I tell Mm -hmm. them. I'm like, man, one of these days, I'm just gonna just I'm gonna kick you down to a home in Florida. And my mom now is like, oh yes. Please do. And I'm like, oh shit, I don't know if I can afford that.
1: Um, uh, I, always, I, I always used to tell my dad, uh, just be, be, be nice because when uh, you get older, I get to choose your nursing home. <laughs> Doesn't have to be Florida. I could ship them up to like Nova Scotia. Moving on to the scene and speaking of his, yeah.
0: his, his dad, his, his dad's uh, attire here is
1: quite amazing. Well, this is also, since we're we're, uh, talking about Morty here, this is is new Morty.
0: This is new Morty.
1: This is new Morty, Barney Martin. Uh, He auditioned for this episode for his role as Jerry's dad, uh, October 15th, 1990. He's actually a New York City cop turned actor. How long was he Uh, a cop for? Uh, I don't know. That was just a little factoid. That the notes about nothing gave me, <laughs> um, but yeah, man, Barney Martin's the best. He it, not that not that other Jerry's dad wasn't great, but just oh, he, I, he, <sighs> he 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 does such a fantastic job of portraying
0: Morty. Just his his timing with everything, his inflection. He just he he really portrays that that character very very well and it's hard it's it's hard to see man you know what kudos to them for for casting two sets of like excellent
1: parents for
0: both Jerry oh, and yeah. George
1: oh 100% uh, my, I love the bit of like he's got the TV up super loud and then Helen walks out of the room and obviously the phone starts ringing and he's like oh shit I don't i don't want to get that so i'm just gonna to pretend to ignore it and then be like why aren't you getting that <laughs> and then just passive aggressively getting up and almost getting to the phone but like moving at a pace where you know you're not actually uh, just a cat reaching for it yeah uh just i, I love that and jerry, jerry comes in and he's like i can hear this from the street uh yeah and to, and to your point uh Morty's, Morty's outfit. I love the pastels. I like the jacket. They're arguing about, you know, the jacket he's gonna wear to dinner and I think it is fabulous. I don't... It's the I don't shorts, know what, man. what she's... I don't know yeah. what she's on about. He, he he can rock that plaid jacket. I like it. don't If it becomes very... very, uh... funeral worthy. Well, I mean, if that's all you got, that's all you got. I don't, <laughs> I don't really see, uh... see the issue there. Um... There's a uh, so Jerry is talking to his parents about you know the greatest moment of his life his uh, in this,
0: friends o Clyde jersey. Yeah, his friends.
1: Who is Clyde? I have this right now. who but is I,
0: Clyde. I now want a friends o Clyde jersey. Next time we, we play softball, our team name is gonna be friends O'Clyde. Clyde.
1: Friends Clyde. I'm I'm I'm, I'm game. Uh, in an early draft of uh, in an early draft of this episode. There's an alternate joke that the notes about nothing dropped, and instead of it being Sharon Besser, which is such a weird thing to like reveal to your parents, uh, the original the original joke was. is yeah the original joke was uh, a bar mitzvah like just just like a bar mitzvah his bar mitzvah was his greatest moment which would seem more appropriate to say to your parents as opposed to an assumed sexual conquest that. According yeah, to but notes the payoff, about nothing does not count as an ex-girlfriend. The oh, good note.
0: The the payoff joke later on, though, is funny. Though, it's funnier. I'm sure, yeah,
1: I'm sure that's why they changed it. Uh, we it, we don't get a Jerry's ex-girlfriend, but we do get a Kramer entrance number twelve. A very oh my gosh, and, and this a, this is
0: this is classic. I mean, this is like a su- such a classic Kramer moment. That that they themselves bring this moment back up within their own arc,
1: because it's because it's so great, and they realize like the gold that it was then, and they're just you know it's a little reassured. It's a little a little. I'm gonna pat myself on the back for this, but you know what's what what this episode is that I really like is it's 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 about Jerry and his life and and all these people that come in and surround it and how everybody. Kind of has their own subplot in this episode. Yeah. While we've kind of seen that before, really hasn't always been defined. Like we had, like we kind of had the. Uh, we spoke an episode or two back about the.
0: Um, Would you say George Elaine. has a subplot in this episode? Who? Would you say that George has a subplot in this episode?
1: He's he's invested in the softball game.
0: Uh, yeah.
1: Okay. That's his investment. He's invested in Jerry playing softball. Uh, Elaine with the pony remark.
0: Uh, well, yeah. Well, uh, we already his, said his, Elaine's in it
1: throughout the almost the entire the entire thing. His his parents, and now this is Kramer's subplot. He's he's got the levels, Jerry, and I'm gonna have carpet Yoles. and pillows everywhere. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I've always wondered how would that look, dude? Like, are is it like a staircase, or do you have like that, is it? That's like... what I imagine, right? And then he he, he we we know.
0: Uh, in future episodes, he has a thing for like putting like almost like a log cabin right throughout his entire apartment, right? In a future episode, yeah, he
1: loves the, 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 the look of wood.
0: So, so how, how I imagine this in my head is like his apartment just being like all fine wood staircases <laughs> throughout the entire leading to nowhere, <laughs> leading, to, leading to just like different like pillows and blankets and like chill spots.
1: So it would so you'd have like a little like a flat area like like you got like I just that is so weird and
0: like maybe like like one one level of the stair is like the the kitchen the next level is where you watch TV the like the bottom level or like the top level is like where you sleep.
1: It's just a townhouse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's that's just a townhouse because like you got them all like stacked up next to each other and like. Yeah, it's a townhouse, Kramer. Anyway, you're right. It's, it's, the, the whole conversation is just ludicrous, and then they get into the whole idea of the bet, uh, gambling, uh, a thing that you know weaves its way in and out of of Kramer's life. But I, I love, I love more uh, Helen's. You know, Morty, don't let them bet, and he's like, What, what am I gonna do, woman? Like, <laughs> I just, I love that little like. She's always trying to keep everybody from from, you know, living in sin, but without, you know, really taking any real action. She just wants to sit there and be like, well, that's ridiculous, and don't let them do that. And it just... The the, the banter they have is just very, very well executed.
0: Uh, on to dinner, or do, do we need to set anything else up? No, we're on to dinner. Uh, I, I found it really funny that, like... And they definitely make a point at the beginning of the scene to point this out, but Elaine being in, like you know, like like the kid's chair or, like, like the guest, like, fold-out chair you would bring out if there would like be, like, too many people. You're like, oh, yeah, yeah here's a... Here, here's a... here's this.
1: That was actually the director's idea. Tom Sharonis. Like, that's his little inside look blur is about... Tom Sharonis! Is about Elaine being at the short table and it being perfect for her... just for her character. And like I said, man, like, she's just a master with the props like just give her you know and not that she needs them but like it's just like you don't notice it, that thing. Like you don't notice it unless like you're looking for tendencies and you're picking up on stuff but she's just so good like she just sits there lower uh you know these peas <laughs> uh you know just the way she draws that out man she's just she's so just so 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 good.
0: Oh, she's she's fantastic, and then her her and Jerry trying to back each other up on, uh, you know, just everything. They're trying they're they're trying to make their own banter, like they're
1: very uncomfortable, and they're trying to play off each other. I'm Like, no, we do not want dessert. Sorry, no dessert. I cannot stay here any longer. Uh, I, I as as great and and Julia is amazing. You can't. Start talking about this scene without the introduction of Uncle Leo. Uh,
0: do, <laughs> the the way the way that I mean, and they they didn't. I, I believe they even go into about it in like the, the the DVD about like finding him to play Leo, and then him even saying like I, I was delivering these lines in the audition, and they they mm-hmm. they, they were cracking up, and I didn't understand why they're just these basic lines. Yep. But the way he delivers them, and the way the set is set up for him, and then he he, he holds Jerry's arm so close, it's to so him. great, because they
1: set that up too in the previous scene. Like, who, like, how many people have run away from him while he's talking? And he's just he's at the table, and he's just got that big hook on Jerry's arm. Uh, Len Lesser is amazing. He's, I mean, over fifty years, uh, in movies. He's in movies like *The Outlaw*, *Josie Wales*, and *Kelly's Heroes*. Uh, we get our first Jeffrey reference, uh, one of the many, you know, characters in name. But I, I love the running gag of of Jeffrey in the, park in the Department. Parks Department.
0: <laughs> uh, and you Nick know,
1: Mano? you know, you know who he calls when when he's got trouble with those big uh, big wigs in the Parks Department. You know who he calls? Mickey Mantle. <laughs> uh, first Mickey Mantle reference. Yeah. First Yankees reference.
0: I, I I definitely mark that
1: as first Mickey Mantle reference. Yep. Uh, lots of you know lots of firsts in this episode, but just uh, this whole setup with the family. These are just what Jerry was talking about in the in in his first stand stand-up. Well, like you Jerry... said, just uncomfortable. Uh, you want to just throw yourself through the window? They're they're so ready to get out of there, and in their midst of trying to just appease everybody and and be silly. Ooh, does Jerry step up. <laughs> when Jerry, so so after they have the whole, whole like pony remark and the
0: the debacle that goes with that, right? The, I had a pony. Uh... <laughs> My sister had pony. My mother had pony. I, I love how when she gets up and leaves the room, that just the, the instantaneous try and plea to the table. I didn't know. Like, that's, oh, the way he does it. I was dying. I don't feel like it's really all that funny, but, like, I was cracking up.
1: Yeah, it's, it's yeah, him backpedaling, trying to backpedal and be like, oh, what did I do? I, my, what, what gets me even more than that is Isaac uh her husband when he just he just kind of calmly gets up and he was like have your coffee it's been an emotional worry about her it's been an emotional <laughs> like he's just so like calm about it and like so aloof and just like meh whatever like no big deal <laughs> like he's just always oh, he's like i I'm, I'm over it uh but yeah jerry jerry trying to trying to explain himself was 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 pretty good um so he's back home, you know, sending his parents off, you know, still feeling feeling pretty bad about it, you know, thinking should, should I call and uh
0: I couldn't uh, tell yet are 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 we to a one bedroom yet or are we still studioing up.
1: A- you know, there's there's a good there's some good angles, but like it doesn't seem that they've it doesn't <sighs> Let me, let me let me start over. So it appears that the hallway to Jerry's bathroom has a window. Like you see the bookshelf that's in that hallway, and then it seems like it's there's a, a light source coming from, you know, a spot you can't see that makes it look like it would be a window instead of the hallway to his bedroom that we eventually know it to be. So I'm gonna say studio. Alright. Which, where was he sleeping if his parents were using the pull Because where did he sleep last time? This is what you want to find when you come home. <laughs> oh, he slept at Kramer's. He did? Yeah, at stakeout. Ah. He stayed across the hall at Kramer's. Interesting. One of the many. Speaking of Kramer, he decided he wasn't gonna do the levels. He decided he wasn't gonna do levels. He pops in. This is our first kind of clue that Kramer is not his first name. Thank you, Morty, Mr. Kramer. Uh, I liked. I did. I, I picked up on that. I was like, ooh, I've never really noticed that before. But that's like our first real clue that that's not really Kramer's first name. It's his last name. It uh, makes his lucky number thirteenth entrance, uh, and then after him and Jerry go back and forth about this whole levels, and I decided not to do it, and that's the bet, which Kramer is in the wrong, like he lost the bet. So here's here's what bothers me, right? And I know I have a feeling I
0: know where you're going with this uh, whole setup, but real quick before we get there, so he, yeah, he gets the milk out, right? And that right. dude takes barely. I mean, he pours, I the guess, the smallest
1: know, amount of stage, milk you've ever seen anybody pour into a glass.
0: St- yeah, I mean the smallest amount of milk you'd ever pour into a glass. But
1: uh, continue. Well, I, I, to, to, that's yeah, that is the bit because he pours that little bit of milk as like a hey. I'm just like you know. Everybody comes over and grabs themselves a glass of milk at cherries. I'm, I'm being respectful see, and having so, just a little bit. We just will a sip. But we'll see. We'll see. We'll see everybody do it. He 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 only pours a little bit because he doesn't actually want to drink it. He needs the milk because as we see when Jerry gets a <laughs> phone call, Kramer fakes putting the milk back and and he walks out with both milk and glass. <laughs> <laughs> and he gives Jerry a little look, like, oh, he's not paying attention. And mm. the crowd pops for it. This might have been, like,
0: was... the first time I can at least remember catching that in the wild. And, like, I died. I I felt like I was part of the crowd. I died laughing so hard. Oh Well, I, thinking about it is cracking
1: me up. It's great because I didn't... I was not i i noticed it but I, I noticed more the crowd laughing like during some like dead air and i was like what are they laughing at and i was like oh that's kramer and coincidentally enough i got a bunch of really fun information about these filmed in front of a live studio audience shows um so this show specifically you know i've talked about when they would do table reads and then when they would shoot it so they'd spend the the whole weekend you know running through with the writers and production executives you know trying to you know adjust jokes or timing of things you know i I mean how many times have i said in an alternate script uh and give you the joke that they may have originally had or left out so by monday they're rehearsing uh with the cameras to make sure they've got all the angles and everything they do hair and makeup uh on a uh then i'm sorry and then on tuesday they get into hair and makeup and audiences arrive around six thirty and they go and start recording at seven thirty. So like on like a random Tuesday night, you know, you could get a ticket and go watch, you know, an episode of Seinfeld be filmed, which I thought I thought that was pretty cool. And that's when I first, like, really got back into this whole series. It's like it was filmed in front of a live studio audience. We don't have that anymore. We have laugh tracks. Nobody films in front of a live uh, studio dude, audience. Well, live studio audience is great. So it really kind of brought me into that, like, that was a joke they, whether it was, it didn't, the notes didn't give me if it was a, an ad-lib of an improvisation or if that's what they planned on Kramer doing, but it just, it's.
0: It's one of those moments of the, that, that, that can only be
1: created by a studio audience and not by yes. a lap track. Because the camera is focused on Jerry, all you do is see Kramer sneak out, and their laughter draws you to Kramer. Yeah, that seems like, not What's meant funny for about Kramer Jerry? at all. And back to your point of why does he just pour the smallest? Amount? He's probably doing. He probably needs the milk for something, and doesn't want to waste it by pouring it into the glass. Oh man, him sneaking so, out that thing, I was crying. It's so funny. You're right, and it tracks with him always taking like. Just about every time we've seen Kramer in Jerry's apartment, food is involved in some way, shape, or form. Whether he's hunting, or cutting up cantaloupe, or <laughs> bringing George cantaloupe in alternate scenes, uh, it seems Kramer's relationship with Jerry's apartment revolves around food. <laughs> I mean, since since day one, right? You got yeah. any meat? Uh, back, back all the way when he was still named Kessler. <laughs> uh, so Jerry gets a phone call. Manya died.
0: Manya's and dead.
1: It looks like it. What looks like uh, a little commercial cuts, and you come back, and Jerry's parents are coming back upstairs. Uh, you know, he's questioning. Did the pony remark? You know, he's unsure if he should. You know. Quick question here he should... about airline tickets. Are Super yeah.
0: Savers still a fucking thing? Or is that just a thing? Because it's definitely not the first... I mean...
1: That, that's a is, very 90s reference. Very because Because they very mention
0: dated. Super Saver airline tickets and
1: their non-refundability quite a bit in this series. I mean, a lot of plane tickets are non-refundable. I just booked plane tickets that are non-refundable. So,
0: Because, I mean, George tries to later on do the whole credit scheme. Uh... I I I think twice. I think he tries to do it with
1: he tries to get a bereavement fair, which I have the a bereavement fair right notes. I have a whole note on bereavement fare so that I got from the notes about nothing, and all I could think about this whole time was George was doing it wrong.
0: <laughs> so there's there's that, and then that doesn't also come back up in in the airport when when him and Kramer are trying to. Yeah, uh, get, the, get the super
1: savers. Get the super swing. savers. Mm-hmm. Buy
0: them with your credit card. I'll pay you back. Return them. You'll get double the miles. But y'all yeah, yeah are in those uh, shackles. That's, that's that's another. I cannot wait till we get to that episode. That episode is...
1: Ugh. The future is bright. So, uh... While Jerry's freaking out about whether or not he killed this woman that he barely knows, uh... They find out. He finds out. They get a call. To find out when the funeral is. Hey, yeah, and... real fast.
0: Did you note what time they said? Because I thought there was a discrepancy in the in the scene when they said the the time of the championship and the time of the funeral. I didn't note what time he said the champion or when the championship was. I believe he
1: just said the championship was on Wednesday. Yeah, I guess um... that's true. In the, in the first, in the first, uh, in the first scene when he's talking to his parents, it, uh, he just references, you know, next Wednesday, the funeral is Wednesday, I believe at two. And then when they're actually there, uh, it said two forty five games about to start. So that's like his whole deal is he's like worried about, you know, getting out. Well, first he's worried about, should he even go to the funeral? which the line of I didn't even know her last name just dropped me man like I
0: <laughs> and, and, and you
1: know what J- just on that alone
0: I'm sorry but I'm I'm playing like I barely knew you yeah like well, he I have this he's... prior commitment I I'm sorry
1: your family but like I didn't really know you didn't really know you uh Yeah, that – I didn't even – like, that's – yeah, that's what I had written down. I was looking for it. I was like, I knew I wrote that down. I didn't even know her last name. Uh, So going – you know, the the second stand-up really kind of keeps us in the episode with the idea of dressing people up and uh, – dressing dead people up and giving them a pillow. uh, Like, because, you know, we want them to be comfortable with giving what we probably – I don't know if you know this, but given that we've listened to the same wrestling podcast and we've listened to a guy talk about sitting in uh, caskets, they're not very comfortable. No
0: <laughs> No, I mean, you, you, you can't imagine you know walking into casket's ROS and trying to find a, a, a nice, luxurious casket where you exactly. rest your life. but I mean who, all the who, who really needs comfort when you're just going to lie there?
1: Yeah, it's all for it's all for show. Like the pillow, the fluff, all that. Nothing nothing's comfortable about it. Um But I feel like I would like to control what I'm wearing. Like obviously, like when I die, as if it's an open casket funeral, which hopefully like I don't die in some horrible accident that results in it, like, sorry, it has to be closed casket. Like that's I'd rather drown than like have to have a closed casket funeral. Uh I always thought. I want to be. Go ahead. I was going to say, like, before you cremate me and plant my ashes as a tree, for the funeral, I want to, you know, show me in a Romo jersey. I want to be in a Romo jersey. (laughs) I don't want to be, like, in, like, a suit. Like, I want to be in a Romo jersey. And then you can have the memorial service, and then you can cremate me in said Romo jersey and then plant me as a tree.
0: Out of. People you could choose within
1: your favorite team's history. Bro, that's my quarterback. That's my quarterback. You choose to go out on number nine. That's my quarterback. All right. I mean, I'm probably going to cut this part out for time, but I will tangent and say my love for the Cowboys was inspired by their last Super Bowl win. So for the last, I don't know, 25 some odd years, I have been watching this team that I've, have I grew up watching that has not won a Super Bowl that hasn't won diddly squat and man those Romo years he gave us hope man like it was worth thinking that maybe this is the year and I mean we would go from three and 13 to five and 11 like you know it's nobody's business but man those 13 and three 12 and four years ah you know Des caught it all that bullshit man romo man that's my quarterback it, it, it. tony romo made me a terrell owens fan and i thought he was just an obnoxious guy who was a dick for carrying a sharpie in his sock like that's what i thought of TO, and then he became a cowboy and you know TO cried for him and i was like that is my quarterback so yeah that's why i want to be buried in a romo jersey fight me and uh on to your uh favorite george scene or favorite george line <laughs> we get do you want to do you want to introduce this scene cuz i know this is a, a setting that you love so we're at
0: monks we're at monks and we are at the the classic classic side booth
1: first um, booth this is first booth
0: this there is a chocolate cake in the middle of the table that looks like it has mm-hmm. been eaten some mhm um and yeah George's first worry is if he, he can imagine himself ever having sex again. <laughs> while George, or while Jerry and Elaine sit, sitting on the other side of the booth are talking about, did the Pony and Mark kill her?
1: And like I said, man, Julia and props, dude. The way she has that cup of coffee, it's just too full. She's just like all the way down, just sipping on it, just. So fucking funny. Uh, we find
0: out so that
1: funny. that Bender stinks at left field. Bender's horrible in left field. What's he gonna do?
0: <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I think I, I can't remember what part it is, but there, there's a there's a part somewhere in that conversation where Jerry it starts to lose it a little bit, it starts to kind of pop a little bit, and then he kind of like, like you see like his his cheeks tighten.
1: Is this a waste of time? <laughs> <laughs> I love George's like George without missing a beat is talking about spirit traveling and it's all mental and just so funny. Like he he it's he, nobody mentions anything about his sex comment but he jumps right into being like no, you you can't go to this funeral. She doesn't care. Why would she be at her own funeral? If
0: you, if like, if you were a ghost and you could travel light years. Would you be at your own funeral? No.
1: I wouldn't so, be there. So the notes have some great bits here. Uh, speaking when they're discussing Oswald, uh, Lee Harvey Oswald. Uh, JFK service, reference. First JFK reference. No. Uh. Then.
0: No, we've had a pre- sh- a, a previous. JFK reference, we even noted it in a podcast. I can't remember what episode it was off the top of my head, but we definitely noted that in the previous podcast. I might go to go back okay, in my it's... notes and find it.
1: But. Second to second JFK reference, I stand corrected. Well, until proven that way. Uh, the notes mentioned that it took about ten minutes for Oswald's service, and there were so few people in attendance that reporters ended up being pallbearers. So he did not die with a lot of friends.
0: (laughs) Uh,
1: They also noted that Lane's interest in the apartment uh, when they mentioned Isaac moving to Arizona was actually added during rehearsals. Like it wasn't something that was originally in, Uh, but I enjoyed it. It's a nice little bit of continuity, um, which they like to do. They don't like to go always full on acknowledgement of things that have happened but it, it's always sort of like a passing reference that you can kind of go, oh yeah, that's because of that. Uh, I just, I, I enjoyed the, this. I love the coffee shop scene. It was a really good. It was a really good coffee shop scene. It's been shut. Like throughout all the episodes we've seen now, there's one place outside of Jerry's apartment we can always guarantee to go, and that's the coffee shop. We've seen him dry cleaners, banks, just all. We've we've seen him, you know, kind of all a little bit. But the here and there but the one constant has been monks and uh, I don't know if you saw this but there is actually um, a shot of it, it we know it as we can see it now it's not like just on the on the glass it's a it's monks cafe it's a, it's a menu it's on the table it says monks cafe and it almost feels deliberate the way it's the, the way it's portioned um, huh? I didn't. I didn't catch that. Yeah, I I, I liked it because it uh, um, it just like it, I've been looking for all these little like acknowledgments because they don't actually. I don't think they ever call it Monk's Cafe, and if we do hear it, it's maybe once or twice. So I just I don't know. Little I don't, production I parts. It, that yeah,
0: I, like. I can't think of a moment at least off the top of my head where they where they actually ever ever name the cafe.
1: Uh so jerry decides gotta go to the funeral now did you recognize the eulogist because that's all he's listed at not is in imdb
0: uh i i guess not because i don't have it noted
1: dude i i i'm listening to this guy talk and i'm seeing him and i'm like i know where this guy is from he is what, what where is it? i've got it written down he's dr silberman from the terminator trilogy the good one, the first three. Not whatever the hell they did with the rest of them. He's the doctor. He's the guy that, like... Oh, shit, I'll have
0: to go back.
1: Yeah. That's crazy. No, I I, I, I never put that together. Yep. So, gives you an excuse to go back and watch Terminator for the guy that gives Manya's eulogy. Which, of course, has to include ponies and there is a screenshot if, if, if anybody is watching this episode or wants to go back and look for a specific the time code is 17 minutes and 4 seconds The it, I paused it because it's the greatest like all four characters Morty, Helen Jerry and Elaine they all have different looks on their faces <laughs> and it is just the, just the just a nice little microcosm of like how great all of these characters are with the material they have to work with like like Jerry is looking embarrassed Elaine's kind of like oh my god I cannot believe this Helen is looking at both of them with this look of disdain and Morty is just kind of hes he's got this sh- dumb schmuck look on his face he's kind of got a little smirk a little grin like he's almost like not happy to be there but he's like these are some kind words that this gentleman is saying about this woman and i'm just he's he's saying he's he's like doing a good job like almost he's happy for how well the eulogy is going and it just it cracked me up i sat there and just laughed at that that in itself i paused it and i wanted to be like this shit right here is why the show is so great
0: i'll go back and look at i i I think i definitely caught it in in passing but it wasn't one of those things i like stopped and i was like oh that's that's fucking funny
1: because they're all for reacting to what's being said. They're they're it, it's you know it, it, I mean that's that's what good acting is. It's just reacting to things and they're just they're just selling the moment and it's just so funny as he's just railing about ponies, you know, the you could just feel the sheer embarrassment and then Helen's disappointed and Morty just doesn't really care or get it or understand. It's so funny. Um so we move on, and 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 now Jerry's, you know, two forty-five. I guess that means the the game's about to start. So it took, I guess, that service took about forty-five minutes, or that eulogy Which at least took about it, forty-five minutes. I guess if you really think about it, it's not it's not bad. It's kind of speedy. Yeah, I mean, for for it looked like a fairly small, intimate service. That's that's about right. I, I've only I've been to two funeral services in my life that 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 tracks for about the amount of time Uh, but uh, they're in this sort of entry area or or whatever and there's a lot going on in this scene there's so much to track so my biggest question
0: is right if like if I was Jerry my defense would be like if if Jeffrey didn't have to be here, why am I here? Because Jeffrey's not there.
1: Jeffrey wasn't at dinner.
0: So if Jeffrey doesn't have to do this shit, I don't got to do this shit.
1: So i tell everybody. I mean, that's a that's a good point. But Jerry's also there because he feels guilt. Why else would Elaine be there? Man, you know, Elaine. Guilt. Elaine. At least early early on, Elaine is is one of the more compassionate characters. Uh, that goes away. Compassionate. The whole, the whole,
0: so the whole funeral. she's trying to figure out what's happening to the apartment.
1: Oh, I f- you're right. You're right. So you're right. No, she is not compassionate. She's there to find out what's happened to the apartment. That's right. Um, scratch what I said. So she's there to find out about the apartment and her, yeah, man. What's <laughs> having just so great trying to keep that old man's attention, uh, just uh, uh, Julia is just amazing in this episode. I love, I loved it. You should uh, move to Arizona. I'll take care of your place, and the... I'll take care of your apartment, and I'll watch your clothes for you. <laughs> oh, it's a dry heat. I'll send you my air conditioner. <laughs> uh, so Morty trying to get the bereavement fare. So I'm just gonna read you the uh, what you need for bereavement fare eligibility. You need the name of the deceased and the relationship, name, address, and phone number of the funeral home, and the date of the service. Another gag they fucking bring up again later. For refunds, you need a copy of the death certificate. Which we bring this back up later in a George story. The double dip. And it's only given to parents, grandparents, spouses, children, aunts, uncles, siblings, nieces and nephews. So George was not eligible for it because he was not related in that manner. And neither could Morty because Morty's not related by that. At least we don't know. We don't we don't exactly know whose side Manya's was on. It was right. on Helen's side, wasn't it? I think it was on Helen's side. Um but Morty would have been eligible for it. but he's pestering his young like intern and that's one of the guys like they're there were a bunch of people who didn't say anything uh, at the dinner, but I did recognize the kid he's talking to was at the dinner as well. I think he's just an extra that they reused, uh, but I but I found that funny. Just just uh, Morty Morty pestering him, and it's something that we come back to, like you said, with with some George stuff. And I just so funny, just Morty. Barney Martin was just such a great choice for Morty and just you know it, it, I wouldn't even be asking you if they hadn't closed that base in Sarasota <laughs> just like dude you were going to take an army transport plane to save a buck how does your wife feel about
0: yeah, that Yeah he de- he definitely plays that like frugal penny saving old old money kind of guy really well
1: uh and Jerry, he can't, he can't escape Uncle Leo. Uh, he even has to, you know. Leo latches to him, explaining, you know, is being promoted and a commendation and all this other crap. And so great, just like he holds on to him. And uh, and then it starts raining. Jerry's bailed out. He can play in the softball game.
0: Yeah. Yeah, uh, so sorry, I was I was I got distracted by one thing for a second. <laughs> he, I just he, uh, yeah, he, he gets bailed out. He gets playing the softball game.
1: Uh, unfortunately, we find out he doesn't do so hot. Not so hot. So yeah, we just jump from funeral to uh, post softball game, and. They're at a table at Monk's. My personal favorite table. Uh, I really do like the table. Um, I want to point out, though, we still have not seen everybody together at Monk's yet.
0: No, uh, Kramer hasn't come
1: in yet. Kramer hasn't come in yet. And I still don't believe we've had all four intersect at Jerry's apartment in any major way. I think there's been no no,
0: because when Kramer's in there with George Elaine's not there
1: and when was Elaine's in the bathroom or one of them is leaving so there has not been the four of them have not really been brought together yet Uh, just just something I like to I like to point out yeah Um, as well as uh, Elaine's jacket and earrings match um, because she's amazing and you know she's hot I noticed that stuff about her (laughs) <laughs> so
0: this, this is a question I, I was going to ask you. Uh, mm-hmm. who, who does get picked off in softball? I was trying to think, like, is it is I it I literally really, have that written down. Is it really, like – is it possible?
1: I mean – Unless you're just not paying attention. Uh, you clearly don't have to – you clearly have to not be paying attention. I didn't know you could – do a throw over in softball like I, there's no real rubber it's a flat circle that they you know draw on the dirt so there's no like you know coming set the idea of a balk isn't a thing in softball but yeah i mean if you're way off the bag and i throw the ball over i guess yeah you can't get picked off that's so funny because i have that written down mm-hmm. too who gets picked off in softball um i think elaine is so happy that Jerry did so bad beca- only because she didn't get the apartment. Like, she'd feel a little bad for Jerry. Like, you went to the funeral, like, I don't, like, if if, if Elaine had ended up with the apartment, she would kind of be more sympathetic to Jerry. Like, you went to the funeral, I don't think it has anything to do with Manya. But the fact that she didn't get the apartment, she wants somebody to feel bad, and it's Jerry for sucking at softball. Yeah, it's, uh, I, I feel bad. I want him to feel bad, too george's delivery of his lines like he's just annoyed with jerry like who does this and why did you do this like he's just railing into jerry very one of the few times he really does get to do that to him um where jerry doesn't really have a defense for it uh in their arguments or their their spats and then um the final the final line of the episode that breaks everybody uh, breaks everybody uh, I, pure pure laughter. Like who who figures an immigrant's gonna have a pony? And that's <laughs> it's probably not a PC joke. I mean, I don't really care. It's one of those. It's a funny like, fucking he, line. It's a del- funny line.
0: He delivers it. I I I didn't even think about anything PC about it. I, I it doesn't it doesn't trigger my PCness at at all. But he 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 caught him with that line right when they're all taking a sip. And so I'm sure they were all just like, yeah, oh yeah, you know it's over. And then he hits it with that line, and I, they just, all of them, all of them, yeah. just start to just go for it. Oh my gosh, I have. That's that Julia one.
1: laughing there. It is so. It's oh, so. Yeah. She, it's so funny. She busts, he he pops himself because she breaks. It's. It's a great scene. It's 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 a great ending to the episode. I have to it's, it's a
0: it's a fantastic closing
1: shot. Yeah. It's oh, it's great closing shot. Um, But really, just kind of like... We... This episode is... I mean, this episode is really nothing more than like a filler episode for a second episode. But it's a great self-contained story. Yeah, And that's really what Seinfeld ends up being. Do they do a lot of continuity stuff? Sure, they'll make references to things. But, like, it's a week-by-week... It's a sitcom. It's a weekly episode, self-contained escape. And this is this is that he he's got to deal with a funeral and a softball game and a remark he made about his family and the consequences he thinks he has to pay for that um i even like the stinger at the end he does a pony joke at the end yeah the last stand-up with the, you know somebody had to genetically engineer these like i would buy a quarter-sized pony have it like sit on my desk mm-hmm and- <laughs> be like put it on a shelf and it's like to me like i like, i wish we had like moving photographs like in the harry potter world like i know you can like have a photo frame and play videos on it or whatever i want like a picture of me that just kind of wanders in and out of frame like that'd be cool so to me a, a quarter-sized pony is just like yeah that's like a give me a, a uh what's it a small soldier's like life like action figure that sounds amazing i'd buy that
0: the miniature pony
1: does, does kind of freak me out a little bit. Like the little Shetlands.
0: Yeah, They just—I don't know. Because that's what I
1: imagine when, they look when weird. I hear pony. That's what I imagine. They don't look. I don't
0: imagine like a young horse. Imagine a Shetland pony. They don't look like a big majestic horse. They just look like this small kind of thing. I don't know. They're—they're They're like the dwarfs or little people of horses. Yeah, but they creep me out, and dwarves and love people really don't creep me out all
1: that much. Um, but Shetland ponies give me the heebie-jeebies. I did not know that about you, CJ. I did not know you had a, a weird aversion to a Shetland ponies. I see a Shetland, hon- a Shetland pony in a dark alleyway. Brother, I'm ten feet the other direction. <laughs> uh, and that's the pony remark. I love I mean, it. It's a great episode. I gave it three and a half. Yeah, cups of coffee. Yeah,
0: I was gonna say three and a half as well. Uh, it's 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 a it's a solid episode. Um, it's it's not one that will go down in like the history of being one of the great Seinfeld episodes, in in
1: my opinion. Um, which is which is funny that I, I mean I I agree with you, but. When it aired, and then they decided to do some Emmy nominations. This got two Emmy nominations. Yeah, and
0: I, I guess you see. Yeah, I guess that is funny because I sit there and say that and go, "Oh, what's the first episode that,
1: you know, had like everyone's attention?" Um, I guess we've got those like rose-colored glasses of like we we know know where the show goes, and we know like we know that there's just some amazing episodes to come. Um, But
0: I can see why everyone. Fell in love with this episode, though. I mean, it was.
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: It it has a good charm to it. I don't know. It, everyone's well, character seems to be. Do you be think that has to do with the,
1: Do you think that sort of take notice aspect of it has to do with maybe Julia getting more screen time, and really sort of being that maybe just fantastic screen partner for Jerry? Maybe because she is so
0: good. Um, she, she's such a great actor, You like you said, using her props, using her sets, um, mm-hmm. so, so maybe it is the fact that sh- she was good combined with the fact that, like, every, I mean, let's, let's not get it twisted, every male likes a good little female role, every male, you know, viewer falls in love mm-hmm. with the female character on the show, um, yeah, so you had yeah, your your me. your iconic Cheers girlfriends and what have you. Uh, so maybe that combined with that, is, you know, it's like it's a it's a male viewership,
1: um, and they they were like, "Ooh, this chick's awesome." <laughs> and they start putting them together. Like, I'm really like this is something I'm really tracking. Like, when do we start seeing the four of them really come together and? i think i know where it is because i've i've taken some peeks ahead and if i've got some it's it's well like i said it has to do more with the uh, way the episodes are ordered than anything um but there's a there's something that i think really brings it all together uh here coming up soon uh a little teaser there for you I like uh, it. What, one more thing, because I like to do this. I always like to pick like a winner or like a major loser of the episode. Uh, Jerry, obviously, major loser of the episode. Uh, but funny enough, uh, he gets his first mention. And, we, you know, he's only mentioned in passing. and We don't ever get see him. Jeffrey wins this episode. He was promoted. And he gets a dope apartment on the cheap. So I thought you were going to say Kramer was the winner because he didn't have to pay Jerry back in the bet. And he got a carton of milk. He got a carton of milk. I, I would say so, but I'm gonna go with a promotion and a dope apartment on the cheap. Kind of trumps those. <laughs> Three hundred dollars a month in New York City. That doesn't sound bad. In a rent-controlled building, which means it remains that way. So yeah, uh, which is on like West End Avenue, I believe they said. So good, good, good for Jeffrey. Go Jeffrey. One of the few times we'll uh, we'll have him mentioned. So yeah, fuck Jeffrey. Yeah, fuck Jeffrey. cheating ass bastard. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, that's the pony remark. Happy to be back at it. Uh, I would like to be able to tell you what episode's coming next, but I, I truly can't.
0: Uh, uh, that, that's good, because I was actually gonna ask you what, what episode was next. I,
1: I too don't have it written down, and, um. No, I mean, like, I, I have, I have what. Oh,
0: that's right, but we don't know, we don't know which, which, which direction we're going yet. I forgot about that.
1: We have the, the choose your own adventure here. Because the next episode, according to the way it was aired, is The Jacket, which introduces uh, a character that we will never see ever again. Uh, But also one of the more fashionable, uh, one of the more iconic fashion moments, at least one of the first big fashion moments for Mr. Jerry Seinfeld. He rocks a few different looks in this series, and this is the first one that really uh, borders on absurd. Or... If I, if I am remembering the last time I pulled up the DVD menu, it could be the Busboy, which, according to IMDb, is the season finale. So, so. it could – yeah, yeah. Explain that to me.
0: And <laughs> Ent- Interesting.
1: Well, um,
0: if you would like us to go with the jacket, continue reading. If you decide to go with the busboy, please continue to page 97.
1: (laughs) I love choose-your-own-adventure games. Uh, It should be interesting. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. You and I will have to discuss and and figure it out because there's... Not that Seinfeld didn't do continuity, but there are some things that it looked like they were trying to do. And when you watch them in a certain order, then you find out they go in a different order... Because like you, I have these DVDs, and I obsessed over these DVDs for a while when I didn't have cable. So I know them in a certain order. And when I find out that they're not in that order, I get a little confused. You're messing with my timeline, man. Yeah, you can't go messing with my timeline. This isn't like Loki stealing the Tesseract. Uh, Because there's some iconic episodes in here that when you find out they're out of order, it makes you go, wait a second. That's not the way I thought things were. But I guess we'll just have to uh, play it as it lies, and everything will come out in the wash. Yeah, you I did play it on the Fat Man's you got, foot. You got any other euphemisms for everything will be okay?
0: Um, Akuna Matata.
1: Akuna Matata, there we go. Uh, pimp your socials, bro. Ah,
0: so if you are looking for me and where I can wrestle next, you can follow me on Twitter and on Instagram at C J Ward. Nine eight nine, um, follow me there. If you want to, uh, if you like retro video games, this is a Seinfeld podcast. Seinfeld was in the nineties. If you like nineties video games, uh, you can find me on Twitch at www.twitch.tv/childrenroasted. We drink a lot of coffee. We, we play a lot of Super Nintendo and a lot of N64. Uh,
1: all right, so you now, so now you you uh, you do your shameless plug. Uh well follow us on twitter this underscore is the show uh, tits yeah tits uh, just the show twitter it's, it's all Seinfeld stuff uh, I, I retweet a lot of Seinfeld uh, and stuff, who could but, use more daily Seinfeld right that's where you uh, can find a link to the podcast I'm trying to get the trying to get it out on some of the other distribution right now we're just on podbean trying to get it out there we'll get it out there And then, if you want to follow me on Twitter, uh, go to our show twit. Go to our show Twitter. This underscores the show, and look for the follower. Rabbit is wise. There's a number in there. There's like three I's and two underscores. I'm not gonna give it all out. Just look for Alex Lee. Rabbit is wise. Uh, Cause you know, you don't fold the maps. Don't fold the maps. Roll the maps. Roll. And we Uh, like to roll them. We do. We do like to roll them. Sunny skies all up in this. Uh, On that note, sir. Yeah, this is the show. Hit him with the bass line. Somebody play that fucking track. I'm Alex Lee. I'm CJ Ward. We're not going to change it.